Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I am so happy that you decided to join us. Um, if you like this podcast, you should go over and listen to a bunch of the other ones in our in our network with like the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or High School Hoops or Coaching Youth Hoops. All of those are, I think, interesting, and uh, we would love if you left a five-star review. You can leave those one-star reviews at home. Um, but before we jump into the topic today, I'd like to give a big shout-out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. Um, mention Coach Unplugged, and you'll get $450 off. You'll get great customer service. It is, um, it is. I can tell you from uh, someone that's still coaching, it has helped my team immensely. I can't tell you the number of shots that we have taken on our Dr. Dish machines. And then also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. You know, 25 years ago when I took over a program that no one wanted, that hadn't had had five winning seasons in 35 years, um, I was the only applicant. No one wanted it. I would have killed for a resource like teachhoops.com. It took me took me years to turn it into a national powerhouse. And um, I I have put all that secret sauce inside of teachhoops.com. So come over and check it out. 14-day free trial. It will give you the roadmap. It will give you me. It will give you one-on-one calls and office hours and, and a community of like-minded coaches. I think you'll love it. Let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Happy Sunday morning, Dave. Yeah, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. This won't be going out on Sundays, but my my podcast listeners know that. So we're all good. Um, Dave, I'm gonna I, I know a lot about your background, but the listeners don't. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got into athletic training and sports performance and all that. Tell tell the yeah. people a little bit about your journey. And then I'm never bashful. I will jump in and I've got tons of questions for you. Sure. But why don't you just Tell the, the listeners about you a little bit first. Yeah, I think my, my journey is a little bit different than than some. Um, I started off as a an athletic trainer. I went to Minnesota Duluth and got a, a degree in teaching physical education and a, and a degree in exercise science. And then I thought I was going to be a high school physical education teacher and an athletic trainer um, until I realized I really didn't like 13-year-olds all that much at that time. Um so do you think, okay, so before we go farther, do you think yeah. the teaching part of your undergrad has helped in your, like, tremendously, like, what you're Absolutely. doing, right? Now? Yeah, 100%. 
I mean, the ability to work with groups and understand how to manage groups and, you know, becoming more patient, obviously, as I got older, made me made it much easier to work with 13 year olds. And now I actually kind of enjoy working with that population a little bit more. So, um, but I went on to get my master's degree um, in exercise physiology at Northern Arizona University. Again, still thinking I was going to work in athletic training um, or strength conditioning somewhere. Um, uh, and after finishing grad school, I came back to Wisconsin, worked at a small NAIA school as both an athletic trainer and a strength coach. Now, um, maybe maybe basketball coaches, some may understand what an athletic trainer is, some may not. Um, they're obviously two very different things. We think of a personal trainer and, as, and an athletic trainer as being the same thing, but they're very different. Uh, yeah, so tell the difference. On. Tell the difference. Yeah. I don't think people know that. Yeah. So I think as a personal trainer, your job is to work out, you know, usually in a fitness center, um, working with general population, people, getting them back to being healthy or losing weight or whatever that might be. Um, you know, your exercise programming is really based on kind of a fitness, not so much performance. A lot of personal trainers, they'll go into sports performance because it's it can be a lucrative business for them. Um and certainly, I think athletes are more fun to work with than than the general population can be in that we get to do a lot more fun things with them because they're more athletic, right? Um, but then an athletic trainer is more on the medical side. We're an allied health profession where we can see um, young, healthy, active patients and work on their rehab programs as well as work on injury prevention um, athletic trainers are always the, the people on the court or on the field that are kind of the first to evaluate an injury, um, and help athletes get back to play. So, um, our background in education is much more, uh, I don't know, it's, it's much more involved. Um, you can get a personal training certification in a weekend. Uh, you can't get an athletic training certification in a weekend. You have to get, how long does that take? Well, when I went through, we had to have a thousand hours of athletic training, um, experience as a student before you can even sit for the exam. In addition to that, uh, the exam is a very, uh, very strict, stringent exam. Um, not everybody passed it the first time. It was probably about a 50, 60% pass rate for people that were coming out of um, uh, a program like, like the one I was in. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of hands-on experience. Uh, did a lot of taping of ankles, did a lot of evaluating. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it's much more, challenging degree i think and and harder to attain than than a weekend certification yeah so and i think well at least i know from ours and you know Bree, it's like there's there's definitely a relationship with the area doctors and hospitals and healthcare providers and there, there's they're almost like the in-between in some respects yeah they're the connection definitely to the to the higher higher level providers um you know, I think that's the the motivation for the, a hospital like ours to have athletic trainers in the schools is to kind of be that first contact so we can get to, to athletes sooner um, and get them on a path of rehab faster rather than letting them kind of mull around for a long time, letting the injury sort of fester and worsen. And then, and, and, um, you know, it takes longer for it to heal, it takes longer for the athlete to get back. So it's a nice it's a nice conduit to get them back to play faster. I don't remember one in high school. I know when in college we had one because I remember twisting my ankle. So yeah, we didn't have one in high school either. Um, I don't think it was a thing, was it? Uh, you know, I, I don't know when the NS or the NATA started. Uh, I know, again, when I was in high school, I think our science teacher was our pseudo-athletic trainer because he had taken an athletic training class in college, you know, so um but right. yeah it was not a pretty common thing and taping ankles and all that stuff was nothing yeah right and, and i think where we're at now with app with 
where we're at now with athletic training is where I'd like to see strength and conditioning go in the high schools. I think where where we were 20 years ago with athletic trainers is kind of where we're at right now with strength and conditioning in a lot of scenarios where the, you know, there's a coach that runs the weight room, but you don't really have a strength and conditioning coach in the high school. I think that's something that I'm really working hard to get pushed into high schools as a, as a certified, educated, experienced strength and conditioning coach to work with these athletes in much the same way athletic trainers can kind of get be the, the easy conduit to better healthcare strength and conditioning coaches can be the easier conduit to better performance and better training. Um, because that's the key. I mean, I'm telling you because I, I don't, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I kind of know, I know 2% more than I did before about concussions, but all that stuff, I don't know. Tell me what offense to run down three with three minutes to go. I know, but I don't know the sports right. performance or the weight training part, or I don't know it. I mean, yeah, I, and that's not that's not uncommon in basketball, right? Basketball, no. baseball, hockey, soccer. I think a lot of coaches are willing to say, "I don't know this." Um, it's kind of when you get in that football realm where you know they're expected to know it. When the reality right. is, why, why should a football coach know it any more than a basketball coach? It's just that's the that's the expectation, and so and it's also it's also it's what they know from what they know, like right? From, from yeah, and that's days. the whole that's the whole proliferation, right? I, I do what I do what was done to me. Um, my coach did what was done to them. Their coach did what was done to them, and so you're doing exercises and you're training like it's 1977, right? Um, because you keep proliferating the same thing that was done to you, and the reality is the the world of strength and conditioning has changed drastically um in the last 20 years for sure um you know and so just kind of continuing my my path here um i was a college athletic trainer for a number of years worked in strength and conditioning kind of did both at a small division three school here in wisconsin and then and then uh had children and decided that i didn't want to work the hours that we were working so um i moved here to madison and been working with uw health since 2005 so it's been a it's been a great a great move for us to move here and be able to uh, to start a program for UW Health Sports Performance for the sports medicine department to kind of work with young athletes, getting them um, getting them to start to train the right way and be able to get better, faster, and and do it in a way I think that is is a much more effective way for young athletes. Okay, yeah, so I, agree. I yeah, hundred percent. So, what is let me a couple of questions. What is the best thing that a that a young athlete? Let's go. First of all, what age do you start training? What's, yeah. What age do you start working on sports performance? Let's do that first before the question. Well, I mean, so let's talk about sports performance. What is that? So it's really training an athlete to improve at their sport. Um, if we're using that pure definition, um, that really doesn't need to happen until high school. Um, anything prior to that is really training that young athlete to be more athletic. Um so prior to high school, everything is about athleticism. Can we run faster, jump higher, throw farther? It doesn't matter if you're a basketball player, a soccer player, a hockey player. You're you should be just becoming a better athlete. Um, as we get into high school, though, things start to get more specific for sure. Um, we're still trying to shape out the athlete um, to make them more athletic, but we're starting definitely to have more of a sports performance twist to it. Um, I use a kind of a model where we 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 really want to shape the athlete out and forge so that so that we can forge them into an athlete later in life as opposed to you know casting athletes into a mold like a lot of I think programs do when not all athletes can fit in that mold and and it doesn't 
doesn't allow for a lot of uh, individuality. So we, yeah, when they're high school, we can really start the sports performance side of things. And certainly when they're in college, when they're done growing is when so we it might be, er- it might be a little earlier for girls because they for stop sure. growing sooner. Right? Absolutely. And it should be. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that we're struggling with trying to get our young female athletes to understand that they have to start strength training at a younger age. They have to. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not normal for them though. Right. They, they're, they're, they're still afraid of the old mentality that they're going to get big and bulky and, and they right. don't want to get, they don't want to look too masculine. And that's all just, it's, it's all a bunch of bubkis, you know, that's not, not true. It's not going to happen unless you intend it to happen. Right. But, but for sure, want, unless you want it to happen. Yeah. yeah. So what's one, what's, what's one more, what's in, one important thing that a, that a young, like a, a younger pre high school person can do to become more athletic what 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 what's a specific thing to be i agree with the multi-sports and you and i've had this discussion on the side before about um you know playing multiple sports because you're using multiple things like if you're playing soccer versus swimming versus track versus basketball you're all all those things are different movements which is one important way i think get more athletic but what what what's one thing a younger athlete could do so I think, you know, when we talk about, let's say, prepubescent, right, it's it's definitely multi-sport. Um, but on top of that, it's, it's learning how to enjoy exercise, right? So it's learning how to enjoy the concept of training. Um, you know, depending on how young they are, prepubescent, we're not going to have our athletes doing, you know, three sets of, of five squat reps with weight, Right. We're trying to get them to learn how to squat and, and deadlift or hinge and press and pull and do these, these very important athletic movements in a way that is engaging and fun for them because we want them to enjoy the concept of training so that when they are of training age, um, they're, you know, when they are of training age, they want to to participate in training. They're, they're not afraid of it. They don't think it's, you know, not fun or it doesn't, it it's too much work. Um, so that's the most important thing for a young athlete is do things that are fun and engaging so that they enjoy the, the act of training. That's going to make them more athletic because they're going to be able to get stronger faster. Strength is the foundation of everything athleticism that athleticism has to hold speed, power, um, agility, quickness. Um, they all are, they all have a foundation of being stronger. Um, if you get stronger, all those things come back faster and better. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is you have make it fun so that they can get stronger sooner. Okay, so let's talk about an, an older eighth grader, ninth grader, tenth grader. What's one important what, what would be one thing of basketball? Like these are basketball coaches listening. One basketball thing you would think that for sports performance. So, you know, I think of obviously eighth grader, seventh grader still still in my mind, we're still in that athletic development phase, you know. Um, we're still trying to develop athleticism. Obviously, basketball is a very quick sport. We need that elastic uh, kind of power more so than just explosive power. So it's getting them to be be kind of springy. Um, but not all athletes are built springy. So it's identifying, you know, the athletes who are. Let's let's utilize that springiness and do some other things that can complement that. And then find the athletes who aren't as springy and try to work on some of those qualities. Does that make sense? Being springy. You know what I mean? I'm 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 guessing getting up and down fast. Yeah, quickly, like, right? So volleyball power is different than basketball power. Uh, and I know you as a former volleyball coach, maybe maybe can recognize that. But why why do you think that would be? So volleyball is a pre-timed sequence, right? right? Where you ding, can kind ding, of ding. Yes. approach, ding, ding, ding. load, yes. jump, right. hit, right? right? Basketball is not. Basketball is reactive. 
Basketball right. The good ones, like the good ones that rebound, literally will get the rebound before anyone knows it's yeah. going to rebound. Yeah. They That's will, that springiness. It's the um, Tigger. I call it the Tigger effect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's reactive strength index. So I don't know if you remember back when we used to do some of the, some of the combine testing, but we use something called a four jump test. So they were on a mat. They jump four times as quick as they can. And you had an athlete that was like a 3.17 at one point in time. I won't mention his name, but um, he was really springy. Um, 3.17 is, is a really high number. Um, right. Most of our athletes are somewhere between like 2.1 and 2.5. And those are pretty athletic um, can you make me more springy? Not me, but can you make a 16-year-old more springy? Yeah, and that's, again, it comes down to being strong because springy is stiffness. You got to have stiffness coming off the floor, but that's where there's a balancing act of being you know, stiff enough to be springy, but not so stiff that you're increased the risk of having a ligament injury or something like that. So right. that's where it really takes you know some practice to make sure that we're, we're, we're walking that line of being explosive and springy, but not too stiff. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think to answer your question, I think again, at that age, let's at seventh, eighth grade, these are 13, 14 year old boys, um, teaching them how to lift, teaching them how to squat correctly so that when they are again, post puberty, um, and they can actually start to put on some muscle mass, uh, when their body allows them to start putting on muscle mass, cause it's not using all the energy for growth. Um, they know how to, to to move correctly in the weight room and become really good at moving correctly in the weight room. It doesn't mean I want them to be weightlifters, right? right? I don't want them to be powerlifters. I don't want them to be weightlifters. I, I want them to be athletes who know how to lift well. Right. Okay. Um, what um, do you do anything with like mental, the mental aspect of the game? Yeah. I mean, there's always stuff included in, in our training that has some mental side to it, whether it's processing or it's motor control, uh, neurocognitive stuff. We include a lot of neurocognitive where they have to make decisions. Um, as far as, you know, sports psychology, you know, we do talk about it. Um, we, we try not to, we try not to, uh, we try not to, to step on other professionals toes too much. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, we have sports psychologists in our in our sports medicine department that specialize okay. in that. But certainly, we talk about positive self talk and, and imagery, all that stuff. And yeah, all yeah. That stuff sure. What about what about nutritional stuff? Do you have like is that same thing? Not don't want to. Step yeah, same idea, stuff. right? So we we do talk about it. Um, you know, we talk about it more from a a fueling standpoint um, yeah. as a, as nutritionist would as well. But we do have sports nutritionists that are in our department as well. But when we talk to a young athlete, we're talking to them about, Hey, how it's very important for nutrition to recover. You know, this, all the work that you do with us in the weight room and on the field and the speed work that we do, if you don't recover from it, um, you don't reap the benefits of it. And in order right. to recover from it, you need to have good nutrition, which means you need to eat good foods. Um, you need to hydrate, you need to sleep. Um, you need to manage your stress levels, all those things. I, you know what I've noticed with my guys over the last five to seven years is lack of sleep, which I think is partly the electronic thing. Yep. Uh, um, and I don't think they're eating as well. I think no. they're definitely dehydrated. Like I have a de- I have a, a hydration scale on my wall that's like one to eight, and most of them are dehydrated. Um, but a lot of them are just not eating well, and they're not getting enough sleep. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to get them to eat well for sure because obviously you know they're not in control of their venue all the time. Um, yeah. When they're at school, they're not in control of it. When they're at home, in some cases, they're not in control of it. So it's really trying to get to the parents and educate the parents on what proper nutrition looks like. Um, you know what whole foods look like versus box foods. Um, right. 
means to have uh you know servings of vegetables with every meal um right. i think a lot of families that don't aren't getting that so yeah that's that's really important to be able to educate them on it um but it's again it's not not necessarily educating the athlete it's educating the parent i know and part of it is part of it is they don't like i always say it's like the gas you put in your you're not going to put like you know, water in your gas tank of your car, like it's not going to run. Like, yeah. And I, but what I always get afraid of is let's not make them too fearful that every, you know, every nutrition decision they make is going to make or break them. Right. Cause, right. cause really, when it comes down to it, it's about having. Sports Social Podcast Network.